Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Welcome to the morning service here at Open Bible Baptist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We welcome you, church, and those of you that are visiting. We want to say hi to you and welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning. We're always thankful, as Brother Bob said, to have guests with us, and we sure do hope that you enjoy the service this morning. Those visiting with us online, we welcome you. We're glad you're joining us as well. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number one. If you join me there this morning, Matthew chapter number one. I read something this past week uh, that Americans spend over $2 billion on, wait for this, wrapping paper. Yeah, I didn't make it up, I promise. Think about that. We spend over $2 billion a year, a year, on wrapping paper. Now, you know what you do with wrapping paper, right? You tear it up, roll it up, <laughs> and then throw it away. I mean, it looks real nice on the gifts, you know, uh, but wrapping paper, two, over $2 billion a year. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but, you know, the Chinese made paper. They invented paper. You're aware of that? Just saying. Yeah, it goes way back, but now they didn't invent wrapping paper. I think my wife invented, invented wrapping paper. But yeah, so man, I thought about that because it's a good segue into my series for the month of December. And what we're going to talk about for the month of December is this, unwrapping Christmas or Christmas unwrapped. And I hope that we get all wrapped up in it. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to go over too big. You usually don't pay too much attention to the beginning of the message, but Christmas unwrapped. And, uh, and you know, there's a, there's a whole lot to discover. That's a catchy title, and it's not new, uh, but it really does sum up what I want to say for the month of December. But, you know, there's a whole lot that is undiscovered when it comes to the Christmas story. And I want to talk about that uh, over the next several weeks. We have, I think, four Sundays today and then three more leading up to Christmas Eve. Christmas is on a Monday this year, and we won't have services here that day, of course. But I want to talk a little bit about unwrapping Christmas. Look at this text of Scripture with me. Chapter number 1 and verse number 18. Familiar passage, right? But let's read it deliberately. Can we do that this morning? Are, 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 let me ask you, are you comfortable? You good? Because it really gets hot up here. That's why I take my jacket off. These lights and the heat, you know, heat rises, and so it's a little bit hotter up here. So as long as you're comfortable, I'm good. Let's read this text deliberately. And what I mean by that is this. Pay attention to it. And let's see if we can gain some insight here from this story this morning. Look at verse number 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or in other words, it was like this. When as Mary, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, that word espoused there means engaged. So Mary and Joseph were engaged. Keep that in mind. Uh, before they came together, you know what that means? So they were engaged, but they remained pure. 
There was no intimacy at all during this period of time in their lives. Now, look at, look at it again. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, thank the Lord it said with child of the Holy Ghost, because if it just said she was found with child, this would be a uh-oh moment. Are you with me? Look at verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband. Now, wait a second. I thought they were engaged. You mean they got married between verse 18 and 19? No, back in that day, when you were engaged, you were considered husband and wife. I mean, you were locked into this thing. There was no getting out of it unless there was a cause. And a cause would be she was just found with child. So this is a pretty interesting story, isn't it? Huh? Look at it again, verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a, this makes all the difference, a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And here's what the angel said. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He went on to say, verse 21, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And all this was done, the angel still speaking, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the, uh, of the Lord by the prophet saying, prophet Isaiah, here's what he said in, in Isaiah 7, verse 14. You can read this for yourself. The prophet said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, say with me, class, God with us. Then Joseph wakes up from the dream, verse 24, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife, took Mary, and knew her not. Once again, that's terminology that, that means they had no intimacy. They remained pure. They, he knew her not had, uh, until she had brought forth her, uh, her firstborn son. And notice it says in, in, the, in, in the last few words, and he, and he called his name. Jesus. Isn't that a blessing? Hey, the Lord had a blessing to the reading of His holy word. I, I know this. I know that we know the general details of what we call the Christmas story, the general details, right? We know that a virgin conceived. We know, you know, they had to make a trip to Bethlehem. They, we know, she, you know, the, He was born in a manger and, and all that. There was no room in the inn. We, we know all the general details, but, but there's so much more to discover. For example, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at what I'm going to call the words of Christmas. There are certain words that just come alive at Christmas time. You know, we'll discover some of those words maybe next week. There's the truth of Christmas or the truths of Christmas. Because there's a lot of hidden things in the Christmas story that I think will impact our lives if we come to learn them. And then there's what I'm going to call today the cast, the cast of Christmas. And this is where we're going to begin, the cast of Christmas. When we begin to speak about the characters that are around, you know, the Christmas story or in the Christmas story, our mind begins to think about, well, first and foremost, Mary, right? That, that young virgin, that young virgin girl who God chose to be the vehicle that he would bring forth his only begotten son, Mary. Uh, you might think about the shepherds, you know, those, those shepherds that were in the fields tending to their sheep, the flocks, and how faithful and how consistent they were. Uh, we may think about the wise men. We talked a little bit about them last week. They were the fellows who came from the east, traveled afar on purpose. They were seeking Jesus. 
And the Bible says that once they found him, they were going to worship him. So you might think about the wise men. Uh, you might think about the angels. You know, the angels have a, a prominent position. They are, they are, they got a big role in the Christmas story. They're often making announcements and important announcements. Did you ever read about the angels? Uh, you might think about Zachariah and Elizabeth. You know, they were, right? They're parents of John, the first Baptist. Come on, man, get, get with the program here. John the Baptist. He wasn't John the Methodist. He was John the Baptist, right? Amen. And, uh, and you know, John was the forerunner. He was the forerunner of Christ. But then you think about this fellow named Joseph. You know, and Joseph, we don't, we don't talk a whole lot about Joseph. In fact, most of the time, it's downplay. Well, he wasn't God's father. He wasn't Jesus' father. And we kind of look down upon Joseph for summer, just a carpenter. And so I want to take a little bit of time this morning and focus our attention on this fella named Joseph. We don't know a whole lot about him. We do know this. We know that he was a descendant of Abraham. I would say this. He came from the right family. Say amen right there. By the way, if you're raising a girl, make sure that the fellow she selects comes from a good family because family upbringing, family upbringing does speak volumes, you know. But Joseph came from the right family. In fact, we're told in chapter number one uh, that he was a part of the lineage of Jesus. In, in chapter one, verse 16, look at the screen. Uh, the Bible says this, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. So we don't know a whole lot about him, but we do know this. He was a descendant of Abraham, came from the right side of the track, so to speak, came from the right family. And he was there, he was present prior and during the birth of Christ. But something interesting, Tony, you're a, you're a student of the Word of God. You don't read anything about Joseph after Jesus being 12 years old. There's nothing there about him. We don't know if he passed away or if his role you know, he's a cast member, if his role was complete. You know, he played his part, and he played it well, and maybe during the uh, upbringing years of Jesus, Joseph becomes a father-like figure, a role model of fatherhood for Jesus. We're just not sure. Nonetheless, that's pretty much all we know about him according to the Scriptures. But what stands out to me, now pay attention right here, what stands out to me is how he dealt with this whole situation concerning Mary, his fiancée. I mean, it speaks volumes when you think about it. When you break the story down, uh, give me a little bit, just give me a little bit of latitude, if you will. When we, when we meet them in verse number 18, look at it again. They're engaged. They're engaged, you know. Maybe we can say this. Maybe Joseph and Mary were high school sweethearts. Huh? I didn't realize this until a little bit later in life, not that later, but Donna and I, my wife and I, were high school sweethearts. We met junior, junior? We were juniors in high school? You were senior? We were seniors in high school when we met. You know, we were 17 years old, 20 years ago. You laugh. It seems like 100 years ago. <laughs> but, but Joseph and Mary, they're high school sweethearts. And they had, look here, listen to this, they had exciting plans. You know? I mean, to tell you, man, they had plans. I won't get into all the details of courtship back in that day uh, because the parents had a whole lot to do with it. Mom and dad had a whole lot to say. This could be a family life seminar right now. 
Mom and dad had a whole lot to do with who a boy married and who a girl married back in that day, you know. However, they had exciting plans. You know, they fell in love. They are now engaged. They're making their plans. The Bible tells us Joseph was a carpenter. He had a good trade. In fact, that's a good trade today. He made pretty good money. I don't know if he was in the union, carpenter's union, Bob, but they make pretty good money, don't they? Huh? And, and so they were making their plan. Got a good job. You know, we're engaged. You know, I can't wait to take you as my, my wife. I can't wait to provide for you. Can't wait for us to have children of our own. It's going to be wonderful. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like, isn't it amazing how life changes all of a sudden, like? All of a sudden, like, Joseph gets this news. And what's the news? Here's the news. The news is your fiancé is with child. And take that in for a second. I, I know it's Bible, but back in that day, uh, humankind was no different than they are today. Huh? And there was only one way, pay attention right here, there was only one way prior to this event where a woman would be with child. And that was through the intimacy of a man and a woman. But here's what Joseph knew. Tony, Joseph knew this was not his child. Think about that. I mean, to tell you, everything's going swell. They've got big plans. They're all excited about their future. He secured a great job. He's in the carpenter's union. They're picking out a little house in the suburbs of Jerusalem. I mean, they're planning big when all of a sudden he gets word that his fiancée is with child. And here's what he knows. He knows it's not his. Now, take that in for a second. If you're a guy... If you're a guy, you know how you would feel. Huh? And if you're a woman, you know how he would feel. Huh? And so he's, he's just overwhelmed. I can only imagine what's, what's going through his head, you know? Uh, but here's what we find out about Joseph. And I love this about, about him. We find out in verse number 19 that he's a just man. Did you see that? That is not there accidentally. Look here, if you and I, if I can put myself back to being maybe Joseph's age, maybe when I met Donna, we started dating when it got a little serious, but we were 19 years old. You know, we met at 17, got a little serious at 19. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, I'll say it publicly, I was smitten by her. I was bitten by her. It was her dog that bit me, but I was bitten by her. And I absolutely positively fell in head over heels. You know what that terminology is, right? Hey, if I'd have found out at that point in time, if she'd have come to me or one of my friends come to me or her girlfriend come to me and say, hey, I hate to tell you this, but your, 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 your fiance or your girlfriend is with child and I knew it wasn't mine, mine, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I'd probably go in and immediately, you know, have a big hard time with that. Joseph being a just man, a just man, what does that mean? He walked with God. And because he loved Mary, and because his love for Mary was real, he didn't want, to, he didn't want her to face shame. Look, look, look at the verse again. He, he loved her. I mean, he's a spat before they came together. Verse 9, judgment, not willing to make her a public exam. He didn't want her to face any shame. So what's he going to do? He's going to break it off public, uh, privately. Isn't that awesome? Now pay attention right here. But as he thought on these things, did you see what it says here? But while he thought, verse 20, while he thought on these, as he ponders... As he ponders these things, an angel appears to him. Huh? Did you say it? 
An angel appears to him, and the angel share, shares with Joseph the message of the birth of Christ. And, 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 and now think about this. Here's Joseph. I mean, he just finds out that his fiancée is with child. And now an angel's speaking to him, and the angel's sharing with him the message of, of Christmas, the Christmas story. I mean, to tell you, I couldn't imagine. The guy's head probably wanted to explode. All this information, how do I deal with this? But notice what he does, verse number 24. Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. Isn't that amazing? Had bidden him and took Mary as his wife. He did what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. What a story. And I just kind of summed it up for us. I want to add a little bit of detail, a little bit of commentary as way of message this morning. But what a story. What a young man. Huh? I'm some, you know, some, some theologians say, believe that he was only 17. And I can believe that because back in that day they got married really young. Just 17 years old? I don't know if he was 17, if he was 27. It's still young. And I would say, what a young man, to find out that kind of news and then to respond in such a way. That's why the Bible says he was a just man. He was just. And I'm wondering, I thought about this and I thought, Isaac, I thought, I wonder if there's a young man, I wonder if there's a Joseph in our youth group. I wonder if there's a Joseph in our church, a young man who we would say is just. You're getting quiet and obedient, uh, and willing to step up. I wonder if we got a, a Mary in our youth group who's still pure and respects herself. You're getting quiet. I'm not preaching. I'm just sharing. Hello? Wouldn't it be great if we'd raise up today in the 21st century some Marys and Josephs that have God's favor upon their life? Wouldn't it be awesome? I think it would be. I think it's possible. We have what they had. We have the Word of God, the Spirit of God. We have the men of God. We have the church of God, the people of God. We just don't have the same desire that they had back in that day. Oh, would to God we'd raise up some Mary and Josephs today. Young men, young ladies that fear God and love God and want to honor God with their lives. I want to point out just a couple of qualities about Joseph's life. I won't get any more excited than that, I promise. You okay? <laughs> you know, somewhere in my mind, I believe this. I believe that when the Lord chose Mary, He also chose Joseph. You don't have to agree with that. But in my mind, when I read this story, and I've read this story many times, preached, I preached a message one time entitled this. I love the message. I might preach it again. When God messes up your plans. Huh? That's a subtitle here, when God messes up your plans. But I believe this, when, when God chose Mary, he also chose Joseph because he knew God knows everything. God's omniscient. And he knew that Joseph was a part of the equation. Look here, you're not where you are by accident. No, this is all part of the equation. God orchestrates behind the scenes. He doesn't tell us up front. He just hopes that sooner or later we're going to figure it out. <laughs> right? And so, uh, he's part of the equation. And I know this. The Lord knew they were engaged. And just as Mary found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and she did, I believe Joseph found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he did. But why? 
let me, let me just point out a couple of characteristics here about Joseph's life that I think I, I, I may have already mentioned, but I want to highlight it again. I want you to look at verse number 19 at those words, just man. We might say it like this, Joseph, if you would examine his life, we might call him a faithful man. He is a faithful man. The Bible says just. Uh, let me interpret that for you. Now pay attention right here. What does that mean? I believe it this way. I believe this. I believe he was a man who tried to do what was right. That speaks volumes. It, it doesn't mean hey, a just man is not a perfect man. Ladies, say amen right there. There are no perfect men. There are no perfect people. There's none of us who don't make mistakes on a regular basis. I love it when somebody has to say, I'm not perfect, like we didn't already know. Did you ever hear, you can conversate with somebody and they're trying to tell you part of a story and they say, now listen, I know I'm not perfect. And you really want to say, I already knew that. Right? It doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say he was perfect. And by the way, when the Bible uses the word perfect, it doesn't mean perfect like you and I think without flaw. It just means mature, understanding. You, you've come along a little bit. Are you with me? But here it says just or faithful, meaning Joseph was a young man who tried to do the right thing. There's others in the Bible that are considered just or something like that. For example, the uh, book of Job speaks about, of course, Job, right? You know what God said about Job? You know what, how God labels Job? He said he's, he's upright. He's upright. Hello? Yeah, you know what that means? That means this. He was a man who tried to do that which was right. You know? Uh, how about David? The Bible says this about David. God calls David a man after his own heart. And you and I look at David and we say, huh? I mean to tell you, look, I read the Bible. I read about David. I mean to tell you, on, 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 his, on his worst day, David did something that I've never done, thank the Lord, and never hoped to do. And that is commit adultery. And yet God says, the Bible, it's recorded in the Bible that David's a man after his own heart. What does that mean? That means that God knew that in David's heart, David wanted to do the right thing. That speaks to me. Bob, that helps me because I know I'm a sinful man. But in my heart, I want to do the right thing. I don't always do the right thing, but in my heart, I want to. Amen. How about you? He's a just man. We might say this. We might say Joseph was a man of conviction. I like that word. We don't use that much anymore. It's almost one of the words that went out with, 20, with the 20th century. Conviction, standards, fundamentalists. I mean, you call yourself that today, boy, you're going to get stones thrown at you. But we still believe what we used to believe. We just practice it differently. We're no longer in your face. We're no longer crude or rude or ugly about it. But we still believe what we believe. And I believe that Joseph was a man of conviction, and he stayed true to his plan to marry Mary. And up to this point, now pay attention right here, up to this point, she's still a virgin. They're engaged, and she's still a virgin. Isn't that refreshing? Hello? Come on, you can get with it. It's okay. Nobody, nobody's going to nobody give you a ticket for getting with it. It's refreshing when you find out that when, you, when I stand here and I say to a young man and to a young lady, you know, you may kiss, it may not be their first kiss. But other than that, there's been no other intimacy. Yeah. Hello? 
Oh, that's refreshing. That's wonderful. I do remember one time I married a couple. Remember, Jason, when I married that Spanish couple? And for some reason, I've married a lot of young people in my day, and I know they practiced. When I said, you may kiss your bride, and all of a sudden, this dude grabs her and dips her and begins to smooch her, that ain't the first time. I know he's been watching Hallmark, but that ain't the first time. But I remember one couple, they're a Spanish couple, and I remember getting to the place where I said, you may kiss your bride. He did not know what to do. It was so pathetic. I said, I promise you, in the ceremony, I said, you got to do that over. That ain't going to work. I can't marry you like that. It just doesn't even look good. This young man was a man of conviction. Because even though they're a spouse, they're engaged, she's still a virgin. Do you see that? He's a just man. You know, according to the law of Moses, uh, it would demand that Joseph would take Mary and present her to the authorities. Are you aware of that? Joseph had obligations under the law of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 22, you can read it for yourself. When a young man and woman were engaged and there was impropriety, if there was unfaithfulness found, there was obligation. There was obligation for him to take her to the authorities, you know. Uh, and, and Joseph, being a just man, he begins to contemplate, what do I do here? I love her. I don't, want, I don't want this to happen. What do I do? And here's where we find he's not only a faithful man, a just man, but he's a compassionate man. He's a, why? Because look what it says. He, he's not willing to make her a public example, so he's minded to put her away privately. Or in other words, in other words, what Joseph is going to do is he's going to break off, he's going to break off the engagement privately. He had every right, pay attention to this, he had every right to take Mary and her family to court. This was a breach of contract. I mean, it's, he could have sued them for every camel they had. He could have owned their hut. Are you with me? He could have sued them. What? Breach of contract. But what's he doing? He's trying to do the right thing by Mary and by her family and by the law. And so he's going to try to figure out a way where I can just break up with her privately so that nobody knows this and we'll get on with our lives. Are you with me? But then we find in verse number 20, as he's thinking on these things, as he's pondering these things, he falls asleep. He falls asleep. And as he falls asleep, guess what happens? God sends his angel, the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord begins to speak to Joseph in a dream. Now, Joseph's sleeping. And here's what the angel, look, look, for, 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 look, look at it for yourself. Behold, while he thought in these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not, take unto thee, Mary. Let me, let me put it in our words. Joseph falls asleep. He's overwhelmed. He, his anxiety level is through the ceiling. What do I do? I don't want to break the law. I don't want to hurt my, my fiance. I don't want to hurt her family. What do I do? He falls asleep. And while he's sleeping, the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, listen, Mary is still a virgin. She hasn't broken her promise to you. Huh? Look here. She has been chosen by God. This is the angel speaking. She has been chosen by God. God has highly favored her. Your fiancé has found favor in the eyes of God. Amen. Hello? And, and here's what he says. The child that's in her womb has been placed there by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what the angel said to, to Joseph as he's sleeping. Hello? And, and then he says this, and here's what you're going to do. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna marry her. She's going to be your wife. 
And she's going to have that child. And when that child is born, <laughs> guess what? You're going to name that child Jesus. You're not going to name a little, you're not Joseph Jr. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not little, whatever your little pet, he's not your little pet. No, he is going to be named Jesus. Why? Because he's on a mission. He's going to be God with us. He's come to seek and to save the lost. What does Joseph do? Wow, what a message. Step back for a second. Because sometimes I think we read this so matter-of-factly. <laughs> right? Put yourself in that situation. I mean, you're overwhelmed, Tony. You know, your, your life has just been shattered. Your dreams are broken. Everything's a mess. You finally fall asleep, and now the angel of the Lord speaking to you in a dream. Telling you the truth of the matter. She's still a virgin? What? And the child that's in her womb is what? Never heard this before. <laughs> right? Huh? We read it so matter-of-factly. So much to take in. So much that we can share. But what leads me to, to the next point is in verse number 24, where I see his courage. Look at verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, look at this did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Amen. And not only that, he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and what? Named him? Jesus. Jesus. Now, some of you would say, that's obedience, and I would say, amen. But it took courage. It took courage to be obedient. Why? Because think about this. Think about, now, he's going to identify. He wanted to put her away privately, you know, take her to some, you know, woman's ministry someplace and let her raise the child. Until, but now, now it's going to be in the community, and everybody is going to see. Guess what happens when a woman gets impregnated? It's pretty visible. I know every once in a while somebody says, I'm, I'm, I'm with child nine months, and you say, huh? Where's, where you got of that, in your pocket? I mean, they haven't even gained an ounce. But most women, when they're with child, and I hate to say it, ladies, but we can notice. It's visible. Huh? Right? I mean, there's just something happens right here. So here's Joseph in his community walking around with Mary, who's now with child. And everybody knows, Dave, you have to go see the preacher and get married. Joseph begins to share this story. Look here, look here. If you and I never had a Bible account, we would certainly think that it would be National Enquirer reporting that a woman was with child without the help of a male agent. We would say, really? It's kind of like the 105-year-old lady other than Sarah who had a big baby. She had a 24-pound baby. She carried it for 60 years. That's National Enquirer. Come on now. Huh? And so here's Joseph trying to explain to his friends, his family, his peers, kind of like Job. I didn't do it. Huh? No, the child that's in her womb, the Holy Spirit, the who, what, where? Say that again. Come again. That took courage. That took courage. Look here. That took courage in the message. He took faith in the message and courage to live it out. Don't you agree? Yep. What, a, what a good young man. What a good young man. 
But don't stop there, because as you read on in the story, in chapter 2, you don't have to go there. But in chapter number 2, guess what? He's visited by the angel again. Huh? Boy, this angel was busy. And the angel comes this time, and now he's beginning to talk to Joseph about taking Mary and the child, his family, uh, getting out of Dodge, go to Egypt. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Herod has passed the decree, and that child's life is in danger. Right? You read the story, chapter number 2? And so what does Joseph do? Joseph does exactly what the Lord tells him to do. With courage, he takes his family, and he gets out of Jerusalem. He goes to, to Egypt to protect, to provide, and protect. Oh, man, that's good. To provide and protect. To provide and protect. That's good. You know what I said to Andrew when we had the vows last week, if you folks weren't listening because it was such a day? I said, Andrew, your major theme of life as a husband is to provide and protect your wife. The young couple just got married two weeks ago. Huh? Joseph says, God, God says to Joseph in a dream, angel comes, says, you need to get your family out of Jerusalem. Go to Egypt because there's day. And you know what he does? He looks to provide and protect his family. What a good young man. What a good young man. God bless him. And here's what I thought. I thought this, it takes courage to step up and do the right thing. It takes courage. This is where it gets practical. This is where you come into the story. It takes courage. It takes courage. It takes faith in the, in the message and courage to step up and do the right thing. And you know what I like to say right here? Look here. Trials always reveal what you're made of. A trial won't make you. No, what makes you? Your faith in God will make you. A trial will reveal, pay attention right there, what you're made of. Someone said this about character. You can measure character in a person by what it takes to stop them. Uh, and for some, it doesn't take much. For some, all it took was a rainy Sunday morning. A lot of empty spots out in that lot this morning. A lot of empty seats in the auditorium this morning. Let's get real. Let's stop playing church. Let's stop playing games. Let's get real. It doesn't take much today to stop us. I preached last week about Christmas preparations, and I remember saying this at the end. So how can we prepare, maybe by, maybe by this year, planning to attend Christmas services? Huh? Because your family knows where you ought to be. I mean, you preach how important Jesus is to you all year long, and then on Christmas Eve day, it's a Sunday, you don't go to church because grandpa's having a roast pig. And I love roast pig. But nothing ought to come before Jesus. Amen. I'll be honest with you, you put him first, everything else falls in place. Huh? Here's a young man with courage, courage to step up. I thought about this, but pay attention to this, young ladies. It takes courage for a young lady to remain pure. It does. It takes courage for you to say to that young boy who now you are in love with, he's the greatest thing since Santa Claus. You know, when you finally found out there was no Santa Claus. But I want to tell you something right now. When, when he tries to disrespect you, that's when you need to have enough courage to step up and say, no way, Santa Claus. I almost said, no way, Jose, but I don't want to offend any of the Spanish people. No way, Santa Claus. It's not going to happen. Not today. You're not worthy. 
That's still good preaching, by the way. That's still good preaching. That's still good truth. Huh? It takes, look here, it takes courage for a young man to respect himself and others. And others being the young lady he might be trying to court or date. I know that's an old-fashioned word, date. Where he has enough respect for himself and God and that young lady to respect her values of wanting to stay pure. Huh? See, look here, our kids aren't being taught that in school. The sitcoms don't teach that. They're not going to find that out on YouTube or any other tube. They've got to hear from you and me and us that it's still important to stay, to respect yourself and have some values because you can do it and it's worth doing it. It's worth doing it. I know personally it's worth doing it. It's worth doing it. And so the cast of Christmas, I, I need to wrap this up. I'm having way too much fun. And it's really hot up here. There's so many moving parts in this story, right? In there? I mean, you know, just look at Joseph. I can go on and on about Joseph. Just one, one of the cast members. Joseph, faithful, compassionate, courageous. What an example he must have been. In the long run, Channing, when everybody found out that he really didn't mess around, he didn't mess up, they didn't mess up, this really was, man. You go to the little town where Joseph's from, go to the post office, there's a plaque on the wall with his picture and with his name. Hero. What a good young man. Huh? <laughs> what a good young man. Joseph, did you know? We don't sing that, do we? No, what is it? Mary, did you know? Well, what about Joseph? About that poor dude. Huh? God bless him. God used him. He did his part. And he did it well. You know what I thought? Here's what I thought. Today, we are cast members in the Christmas story. Aren't we? And sure we are. We're cast members. The story's affected our lives. I've been affected by this story. Right? And now, now it's for me, it's for you, it's for us to take the story, take the message into our community. Amen. You know what that takes? It takes faith. It takes faith in the message. You know what it takes? it takes? It takes compassion. You know what it takes? I'll tell you what it takes. It takes you and I being courageous to step up at the right time. Come on, church. There's a lot of people we're going to come in contact with over the next couple of weeks. Let's have enough faith, compassion, and courage, you know, to fulfill our, our part as cast members, to play our part and play it well. Play it well. Thought about this. Let me just leave you with this one thought. I want you to give some thought to ways that you can step up this Christmas. Ways that you... I appreciate Brother Bob again this morning. He shared that little um, Christmas invitation. It's just a little, a little postcard. We try to make them attractive because it's nicer to give something way that's attractive rather than all, you know. Right? And I've already done that many times over. In fact, my wife and I, we were walking out of Walmart uh, the other day. And, you know, now they got the guy that checks your receipt. Right? You go to Walmart. That's used to do it. They stopped doing it. Now they're back doing it. I don't know why they do it. There's no way he knows what's in that bag. And he's looking at the receipt as if he shopped with me. Yeah, yeah, you got all that. No clue. I said to my wife, what's this all about? And then I thought, it's for her to have an opportunity 
to give him. And she doesn't just give him the, the card. If it were me, I had the card in my hand, Mo, I'd say, hey, you get a chance. This is for you. God bless you. And I'm out the door. Not Donna. We're walking, and she's... <laughs> it's all about Jesus. We got a Christmas Eve service. We hope you'll be there. Got the family. I got to the car, and I said, man, you're wearing me out. We were laughing. But she said, why do you think they're checking receipts? Just so that somebody... She said, nobody else is talking to the guy. And I said, he's probably happy about that. <laughs> but here comes Blondie, and I mean to tell you, man. Most of the time, Bob, is she gives a gospel track, and she says, it's all about Jesus. If you get a chance to do it, it's all about Jesus. <laughs> and most of the people, they just take it from her. Some people, I've been with her, and some people say, really? And they just open up right there and start. Now, if you do that with her, you're in, you're in trouble. Because she ain't leaving. But wouldn't it be awesome if you and I this Christmas just I'm going to step up, have a little bit of courage, and represent well. I'm going to represent well. I'm going to do my part. Oh, you, you may not have the courage of a Mrs. Genizzi. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I walk out the door. Hey, you get a chance to read that? I'm, out, I'm gone. I don't even look to see if you put it in his pocket. I don't want to know. I'm gone. You may not have that kind of a courage, but you could be like me. You know? You just... I mean, for me, it's got to be to where somebody says, hey, are you a preacher? Oh, yeah, how'd you know? I don't know, I'm just taking a guess. And then I'm off and running. Then you can't shut me up, you know? Maybe you're like that. Maybe you just take those little things and just wherever you go, wherever you frequent, you know? And you know what works well? You know, you know in Jersey and I think, what other country, a state in Montana, pump gas for you? Only two states in the whole United States. Huh? Who? There's another state someplace. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if every once in a while when they pumped your gas, took out a couple of bucks with a gospel train? Hey, thank you for pumping my gas. Did you ever do that? I'll tell you what, the gas, the guy gives you three extra cents of gas. <laughs> now, he really doesn't. But it goes a long way. It speaks volumes. Huh? And if you got a couple bucks, just give him the gospel train. Hey, you get a chance to read this. They'll take it. Opportunities for us to step up this Christmas. Because we're part of the cast today. <laughs> we're part of the cast today. And in some ways, we, we just need to exercise our faith, our compassion, and our courage. Don't you agree? Amen. Let's do our part. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.